Welcome to What a Wonderful World. Gotta check my settings here. It's been a minute. Took a little break for the holidays. Hope you all had a nice time. Whatever you celebrate, the Christmases, the Hanukkahs, the Festivus, whatever. We had a great time, our little family. I would say it was the best Christmas ever. I think having a four-year-old kid who's just so excited about everything just makes it all very magical again and our one-year-old daughter just super cute and smiley and having a blast it was just good everyone was healthy that I know of seems like the the COVID's going around and every other person I know has it so I hope if you have it you are safely recovering and feeling okay And if you don't, I hope you continue to not get sick. I had a few listeners request that I do an episode about advice for bands. And that's actually something I got asked quite a lot throughout my career. And I always say I'm not the best person to ask for advice on how to be in a successful band because it took my band about 15 years to get from square one to being able to sell out some of our bucket list uh, hometown venues. Uh, And that was when we were breaking up. So we worked really, really hard and we got very, very small incremental gains in success and popularity every year, which is great. I think that's a healthy way to grow. But I think when people ask me for advice, it's kind of like, hey, how did you get on this tour to be able to play for 3,000 people? Or how did you get signed to this big record label? And really the only advice that I can offer is very general and possibly borderline annoying and philosophical, but there were things told to me by people I admired very much in the music scene. And one of those things was, Always play the show, even if there's one person in attendance. And play the show like there's a hundred people there, like there's a thousand people there. Um, And it's not just to look good on stage and play your best show, because intrinsically that should be what you're going for. And also you never know who's in the crowd. Uh, There are so many famous shows in history where there was five, ten people in attendance and someone very important to that band's future just happened to be watching them and was blown away and it changed the course of history for the band but also more importantly even if there is one kid that showed up to see your band after you drove eight hours to play in some vfw hall that person devoted their night to coming to see you play and you owe them a show and this happened to us a couple times on tour uh we'd be out with the band and we were taking any show we could get and we rolled into a it was somewhere outside of dc i think it was a suburb of washington dc 
and it was a giant empty gymnasium and maybe one or two people paid and we ran into the promoter kid and you know they were like i'm just so sorry i just asked a bunch of bands to come i didn't really promote this i have no idea what's going on i just wanted to run a show and we saw a couple people just chilling out waiting for bands to play a couple locals would play and then they would pack up their stuff and just take off you know they didn't even want to watch the touring bands whatever and one of the people I was with on tour said, all right, well, let's not even unload the trailer. Let's uh, take off to the next city because screw this. And there were a few chaperones and a few volunteers running around, but there was a kid wearing my band's T-shirt. And that kind of made me do a double take, just kind of leaning up against the wall, looking a little bit lost and a little bit confused. But that thought popped into my head that they could have been doing anything they wanted that night and they chose to come see the punk rock show and who knows how far they drove who knows if they had to get a babysitter you know who knows if they told a friend or two or maybe they don't even have a friend or two and they came to the show alone like you you just don't know their story but they came to see you play and sure you're not going to get paid anything for playing this show you're not going to make any new fans but that's when I was like, all right, unload the gear. We're playing a show. And we played. The person was very happy. Said, thanks so much for coming to my small town. No one else comes out here. A couple other out-of-town bands showed up to the show, saw that there was no one there, and they took off. And I can't say that we would show up to a venue where there were zero people in attendance and say, okay, we're still playing in the name of punk rock. Um, unless you need practice. Of course, if you want to run through some new songs and you want to stage and you have the time and you have the power outlets to plug into, sure, go ahead and play. But the fact that even if it's one person that came out, that's, that's a human being. And we gave him a show. And there's another line that really stuck with me. And it's that nobody said your band has to be big, which is pretty profound. I think a lot of bands and a lot of musicians spend a lot of time wondering why their band isn't bigger, especially if they've been working hard and seeing other artists in their scene sort of succeeding and climbing while, I mean, Truthfully, 99% of the other bands are kind of stuck playing at the local level, not getting the plays, not getting the likes. Um, and it's disheartening. As a musician who was on tour for a decade, I definitely had those same feelings. And you don't want to call it jealousy, but it kind of is in a way. When you're driving so many hours and playing so many shows and pouring your heart into what you do, and you're really proud of your songs. And, you know, you see someone else just doing leaps and bounds better than you are that you consider a peer. Uh, it can be tough. But nobody said your band has to be big. And it took me a while to really let that sink in. But And also, the grass is always greener, it seems. Name drop warning, but... We played a show in Los Angeles and we got back into our green room 
and Benji Madden from Good Charlotte was standing there, which was pretty cool, you know, to meet somebody that's done the pop punk thing and has done it on such a big level. So I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, I'm Nick. I just played in a band called The Swellers. We just played a second ago down there, the House of Blues in this venue. You know, he said, I know. I, I watched you play and I like your band. I've known about your band for a while. And I must have kind of given him a look like, oh, wow, really? Like, that's that's crazy. And he said, a lot of people you would never expect know and love your band. And you might not ever know about it. You know, people just consume music and enjoy music. And uh, people have their ear to the street. So that was really cool for him to say. And I was a little bit taken aback. But he started talking right away about, how my band is a band's band. He's like, a lot of people and a lot of bands like your band, which I think was his way of saying, I know that your band's not very popular or very big, but just letting you know, you know, it, it's very important that you appeal to a lot of musicians. And that's, that I took that as high praise. And of course, I would rather kind of have it the opposite and have the fans consume the music more because that's where the popularity is and that's where the money is sure but he went on to say that good charlotte will never be a band's band and he actually kind of seemed bummed about that you know it's and you never stop and think that a band like good charlotte might be a little bit bummed that their peers growing up weren't necessarily into what they were doing. And I mean, this was like a decade ago. And I can actually say now, I think that the pendulum has swung and I think a ton of new bands would cite Good Charlotte as a huge influence and a super important veteran punk band. But I can see a lot of the early 2000s bands that might have played with Good Charlotte, especially like the punk rock bands uh, who tend to be clicky. Um, I can see them not accepting Good Charlotte into their little world, which is really weird to think about. But yeah, the grass is always greener. It seemed at that moment, Good Charlotte kind of wished that they had what we had. And vice versa, you know, meeting Benji Madden, I was a little bit starstruck. It's like, I saw your face on TRL. Tell me the secret. How do you do it? I had someone in a band talk to me about when Iggy Pop was on stage and cut himself with the stem of the wine glass. It's a pretty iconic photo that's in rock and roll books across the world. Just a bloody Iggy Pop freaking out. And what you don't know about that photo is that there were so few people at that show and nobody was into it. You know, So it's like history can be made in places where you know, there's not ticket sales and merch sales and plays and views. Um, a band can play together with another band and there might be a few people at the show. And 10 years later, someone will post that show flyer and say, what I would have given to be at this show. There were small independent shows out there where Someone in the audience decided, because of this band, I'm going to play guitar and I'm going to start a band. 
I don't want to really toot my own horn too much, but I've had a few musicians and bands say they started playing guitar after seeing my band live. And their bands kind of took off and started doing really well. And I mean, I would have said the same thing to somebody like Kurt Cobain or Rivers Cuomo. So for someone to say that to me, it it's the most humbling experience. You know, nobody said your band has to be big, but maybe you just sent some kid to a music store and they bought a guitar and it's going to shape the rest of their life and career. Nobody said your band has to be big, but I hope you have a good time. All right, that does it for What a Wonderful World, episode three. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you give it a nice review or subscribe or something. That'd be nice. I'm going to play some guitar. got my Nash T52 Tele, Fender Princeton. I got the Electronic Audio Experiments Halberd, one of my favorite new drive pedals. Very cool, very unique. Going into an Old Blood Noise Endeavors Dweller Phase Repeater. It's not a phaser. It's not a delay. It's kind of both. It's awesome. going to kick those on and off and see what I can make happen. Later. (laughs) 